Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. This Wednesday is our first Wednesday prayer. Uh, our first Wednesday service, we come together and we worship God together. We do it just on the first Wednesday of the month, we come in here all together. So would you carve out time, mark it down on your calendar and come and worship God. It's always a special, powerful time uh, when we come together, just when we lay that aside. But we meet on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights in various ways, uh, home, you know, house to house groups. and and uh, But the first Wednesday of every month, we always come together. So make sure to mark that down and uh, you will not miss it, want to miss it. Also, I want to mention, and I know Tiffany just mentioned about our uh, discipleship. The way that we lay out the discipleship is there's a freedom class, and then there's discipleship one, two, three, four, and five. Each of them have a, a, a subject. They're not just classes for learning. They're classes for transformation. Uh, I mean, after at the end of class, we always have testimonies, and people, I, I'm just always amazed and how many people say, oh my goodness, my life is transformed, my, my, my marriage is transformed, my family is transformed, everything on the inside. Investment into your spiritual life is the best investment that you could ever make. If we're supposed to be led by the Spirit, and we are spirit, soul, and body, then we have to invest into our spirit. And so this is something that we're investing not in just a learning, but into being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the way that this is laid out, if you've already taken Discipleship 1, then if you get on 2, then they'll be in a line, uh, in a line to where there'll be 3, 4, 5, and within about a year, year and a half, you'll get through all the, uh, the classes on discipleship, and I just promise you... Uh, you'll be changed through that. There's people who've, in fact, a, a many people that I've talked with over the years that have said, I've gone through seminary, I've gone through Bible college, I've gone through, and I've never been transformed this way through, and I've never even learned more about the Word of God uh, than, than I have through our discipleship. So I just encourage you to jump into it. The church doesn't get anything out of it. This is for you. And uh, we really, really would love for you to sign up if you have not considered that. Pray about it, jump into it, and do it right away. Uh, but it does start next week. Hey, I want to thank the team. Did you notice when you walked in or you pulled in, there's trucks outside, and there's some uh, that we've painted the front of the building. That's not our design team that painted the, that, that you know retro building. There was a uh, movie that was filmed on location here yesterday. Uh, it was from a new mini-series that's coming out uh, on, I believe, NBC or CBS, and it's uh, uh, Women of the Movement, and it's uh, produced by Jay-Z and uh, Will Smith and a couple of others, but um, Mamie Till Mobley is what this particular one's about. It's a crusader for justice after the murder of her 14-year-old son. It's a really a powerful story, and so just yesterday... Uh, they were they were out here and they were filming this. It was undisclosed. They didn't put it out to the city because they didn't want people, you know, peeking in and knowing these things. But I popped in yesterday, um, and uh, and took a couple of pictures. Do you have the, Do you have those? You can pop them on the screen. This is uh, yesterday. This was a funeral home. <laughs> it was a big funeral service. So. Uh, aren't you glad that we didn't leave all that stuff up and in? Okay, this morning it's not today unless we're killing the flesh. But look at those murals up on the top. Someone said, can we keep the murals? No, we, we, we didn't. Okay, uh, the, the, the next one. 
There we go, yeah. Anyway, the whole, that's how the whole thing, there was probably 200 people that are all through this building yesterday, and, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a cool time, you know. But anyway, you'll get to see that out, and we'll let you know when it's out. And they, there's pictures of, of uh, this room. They're filming a couple of places in Memphis, but they looked at a bunch of churches, and they said, we really like your church. There's been several movies and things that have been filmed uh, in this place, and so it's been, it's been cool. I always ask what the content is because... One time there was something filmed, well, a few times there was something filmed, that, man, we had to get in here and have some intercessory prayer, anoint it with oil, <laughs> knock some spirits out before we got, we got in this place. I think they, they didn't only bring people, they brought some other things. Okay, so praise the Lord, but I, I really brought that up to say, let's thank the tech team and the setup team who transformed this, stayed into the night. Lord, we, we thank you for our awesome team. Thank you guys for staying and getting all this set up and making it so beautiful for us this morning. I also want to make one announcement. I did send an email out to our team yesterday, and uh, we've been considering for about a year now, close to a year, maybe about nine months or so, about changing our service times uh, to be 9 and 11 o'clock. Basically, it just puts it about a half hour earlier and about 15 minutes earlier on the second service and pull them in. There's a number of churches uh, in the city that have 9 and 11 o'clock. It spreads out the service a little bit more, but for four reasons. Um, One is it takes some pressure off of some of our teams to transition. gives them about 15 more minutes to do that. Two, it allows for more fellowship to happen. We're opening up our lobby pretty soon and uh, uh, to have some more fellowship between the first service and the second service. It also allows us to bring growth track back in and to do that between the two services and uh, about a half hour for that. And then it allows our discipleship classes to start a little bit earlier so that we can get out a little bit earlier. So there's several reasons of doing it. I dragged my feet on it. Uh, the team said, can, can we do it, you know, uh, three or four months ago or so. And I kept dragging my feet and said, you know, with COVID, we don't know how things are going to play. Let's wait till after the beginning of the year. And then we said, let's wait till after January and see how things go. So starting February, really starting, we're going to give you a, a, a good seven days notice okay so 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 starting next sunday we'll be going to 9 and 11 a.m and uh and then that'll uh really really help several several areas of the church and so thank you for um being flexible you know as the scripture says blessed are the flexible for they shall not be easily broken i'm kidding that's not a scripture but it is true nevertheless and i know that there's some people i don't care what change you have if you have any change they're just like i I don't like change. I don't, I don't know about this. And then there's other people who just want to change everything all the time. Let me just tell you, we take every decision, even if we change it five minutes, we take it very, very seriously. We take people into mind, not to make it easier on us, uh, but to make it easier on every person that walks in here so that we can minister to people more effectively. Somebody say amen. Unity is the most important thing at the church is that we keep a spirit of unity. Why? Because where unity is, as Psalm 133 says, that's where the anointing is and that's where the blessing of God remains. And so let's stay in unity about it. If you uh, think of something that maybe we haven't thought of, we, we've thought of a lot of things but uh, with our team, but if you thought, think of something that maybe we haven't thought of, please contact one of us because we want to know that and we just want to make it easier on everybody else, okay? All right. Hey, let's get into the word today. Isaiah chapter 60. 
We are talking about turning the page. We are in a brand new year, and I believe that God has something fresh and new for us this year. But Isaiah chapter 60 is the text that we've been going out of. And what is our word for this year? The word is shine. Come on, say it out loud, shine. Say it again, shine. Come on, all the lights in this room. Can you say it today, shine? Yeah, and online, shine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shine. Uh, also, let me mention something else. Do you see, if everybody look at that camera right there, right underneath this, um, this um, monitor, and then there's a camera right over there. Those two are mounted cameras we just put in, and they're uh, with a company that actually is, there's someone that's controlling. So if you see these cameras moving around, pan, tilt, zoom, and all these kind of things, there's someone who's remotely controlling these and pulling these in to, uh, to get this online, more, uh, to, to be more consistent and effective, and also so that we're not... Uh, having cameras and things like that. So I believe that it's going to be something that works out. But if you see a camera moving, that's not... Sometimes I talk to people and there's a demon under every, you know, under uh, behind every wall and under every... That's not a demon. That's just a camera that's being controlled. Uh, and, and it's to help people to be able to see better or whatever. But Lord, help that team behind the scenes who is doing that and, uh, and help, Lord, this to be more effective for people and for ministry, we pray. Amen. Okay. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. I'd like for us to read these first two verses together if we could. And it starts out by saying this. Ready? Read. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to your word today. Do it with me. Lord, we open our hearts and receive the word of God. Speak to us today. We don't only listen with our physical ears, but we listen with our heart today. Speak to us and change and revolutionize our hearts and lives by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a lot of people believe this, and I hear Christians a lot of, a lot of times will believe this verse but a lot of times they're, they're speaking the second part of the verse that says darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Oh, do you see how dark our world's getting? Oh, do you see how bad things are? Oh, do you see how? And they get worried and fear. Let me ask you, when you talk about the darkness in the world and you talk about how bleak things are getting, does it make you have more faith or more fear? Yeah, it makes you more fearful, right? And it's, it's not that we're not supposed to comment on the darkness or things that are going on. But I want you to notice, Isaiah prophesies here, arise, shine for your light. Can you say the word your light? In fact, would you personalize it and say my light? Yeah. Arise, shine for my light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He says, because darkness is going to cover the earth, deep darkness to people. So when you look at the earth, what do you see? No, it's not that hard. Come on. When you look at the earth, what are you going to see? And when you look at the people on the earth, what are you going to see? Uh, say it more accurately. What are you going to see when you look at the people of the earth? Look at. Uh, do we have that up on the screens? No. Could, could we keep those scripts? Keep that scripture up on the screen. Isaiah, yeah. For darkness will cover the earth. When you look at the earth, what do you see? And when you look at the people of the earth, what do you see? And how many would, would attest that sometimes you do see those things, right? Yeah, but you don't get discouraged or oppressed. 
depressed about it because you're not the people of the earth. We're on the earth, but our home is not the earth. Amen? We live in a kingdom that's the kingdom of God. And we happen to be strangers and foreigners. And, and we are all people who are visiting uh, here. And this is not our eternal home. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus, for that? Yeah, but we have an eternal home that's in heaven with the Lord. And he says, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen over you or on you. What does that mean? It means when we look at the world, we're going to see darkness. But when the world looks at us, they're going to see light. I said, when we look at the world, we're going to see. But when the world looks at us, they're going to see. Right? So don't get depressed by the world being dark. Don't get depressed by the people and the systems and the stuff and the junk out there seeming like it's more dark. Don't get anxious about it and have anxiety about it. Why? Well, the Lord says that's how it's going to happen. In fact, if you read throughout the word, if you just read throughout history, you see that, that that's going to happen. But notice he says, for a rise shine for your light has come. I want to tell you, you have light. His light becomes your light. See, we can all agree that he's the light of the world, but would you agree that you're the light of the world? Because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world, but he said, now you're the light of the world, which means we need to know that we're light. Light has shined upon us. Now, Jesus said, and I actually want to read this in John chapter 8, verse 12. I'm going to go over several scriptures with you, and I just want you to write down at least the reference to it because you'll want to refer back to it. John chapter 8 Verse 12 says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, let's say this out loud, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Listen what he said. Whoever follows me will, will never walk in. So listen, if we're following Jesus, will we ever be in darkness? Huh? Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness to people. But will we ever be in darkness? No. Why? Because we're following Jesus. Somebody say amen. He says, but whoever follows me will, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now look what he said the next chapter. John, John 9, verses 4 and 5. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. For the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Notice what he said. No one can work as long as it's in the day. A while back, I was with my boys, and we were outside, and we were setting up a basketball court. And uh, we were plugging in some, you know, trying to set up some different, uh, you know, they had nuts and bolts and screws and, and uh, you know, and a pole and all this kind of stuff. And we're trying to put it in. And I kept saying, guys, you better, I mean, the sun's going down pretty quick. Oh, we're okay, dad. And they're shooting, you know, trying to shoot some hoops and walking in and getting a drink and doing all this. And I said, I'm telling you, as soon as the light goes out, we're going to have to use this little bitty flashlight on this whole thing. And so they're hurrying and we're all hurrying and we're working hard to get it done. And all of a sudden, I mean, before you know it, the, the sun goes down. And what happens? Oh, shoot. <laughs> and we end up trying to pull out our little phone lights, you know, and you ever use your phone light on stuff, and you're putting it, you're dropping your phone, and, you know, and stuff, and you're trying to hold it in your mouth or put it on your head or put it up on something, and you're trying, but we're dropping little, little bolts and screws and things, and we're on our, uh, on our hands and knees trying to find this stuff and put it in. It, was, it wasn't only twice as difficult. It was like 10 times more difficult without the light. And what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I need to get some work done while the light's here in the world. 
Because as soon as me, the light of the world, gets out of here, then we're dealing with a bunch of flashlights, which is where who, which is us, right? They're, they are light, right? But they're not giving light to the whole world. They're giving light to the circle of influence and the sphere that they have, right? So he's saying, while I'm in the world, there's some things I need to get done. In fact, read that again with that in mind. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. He's saying it's hard to get work done outside when, when no one can work if the light's not there. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is the one who carries around the light. It's impossible to get work done in the dark. Then he wants you to notice what he says in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, he said on that last verse, I am the light of the world. But look at what he says, Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are, read it with me, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives, read this nice with some confidence, ready? And it gives light to all who are in the house. Listen, why do people in the house need light? Because they're in deep darkness. And how do they not become in deep darkness? Because you're bringing the light. Who's light? Jesus' light, right? Who's the light of the world? We're the light of the world. Who's, who else is the light of the world? Well, we know ultimately Jesus is the light of the world, right? So he says, nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Read with me in verse 16 what Jesus said to us. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me ask you, where are we as light supposed to shine? Where? In the world. And what's in the world? Deep darkness. Darkness and deep darkness. So where is light supposed to shine? In darkness and deep darkness. If we isolate ourselves from the world, if, we, if we're like, well, we're just going to be over here in our little social bubble, and we're just going to be over here with all of our, you know, we, we, this the world's out here. God can take care of the world. No, God said you go into all the world. Get out your comfort zone. Get out into the world and shine. Shine. I'm not saying be of the world, but you do have to be in the world. Why? To be light to the world. It's important that when we're in the world and around people that aren't believers, that aren't light, that don't have Jesus inside of them, that we let. Can you say the word let? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven what's the way how do we let our light so shine they see our good works and they see him in the name of the lord and they'll do what they'll glorify the father who's in heaven now i want to point out to you in isaiah where it says darkness will cover the earth and the deep darkness but the lord will rise on you i want you to notice that he's saying in the same location in the same place God's going to shine light on some and he's going to have dark, there's going to be darkness on others. How does that happen? I want to remind you at a, a time, uh, actually, uh, let me read the verse. Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness of people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen on you. So darkness covers the earth, but light will be on you. I want to remind you of a time when Moses was on, the, was on the earth and the Lord told him, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God's people lived in Egypt, Right. And he said, let my people go. And what did Pharaoh say? No. And so God began to bring plagues. Do you remember how many plagues there were? 
There was 10 plagues, right? Someone said seven. There was three more. Uh, there was 10 plagues, right? And the 10 plagues were, were, you know, there was locusts and lice and pestilence and all these things. But the ninth plague was darkness. The ninth plague was darkness. And then the 10th plague was they took the firstborn child and the firstborn child was killed. And that was the plague that kind of did him in. But the very last plague before that was darkness on verse uh, on the ninth plague, darkness covered the earth. Now, uh, look at Exodus chapter 10 and verse 21. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation here. Exodus 10 chapter, or verse 21, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward heaven, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick you can feel it. Have you ever been in darkness so thick that it felt almost like it was speaking? I remember going down... Some years ago, I'm trying to remember where it was, it was down in a cave, and there was no, you remember that, Tiffany? Yeah, it was way down in this cave, and there was, and they shut off the lights, or they didn't have, they had like a little glow light. They shut off that light, and we were down in this cave, and they, uh, they, they shut off all the sound, and they told everybody to be quiet that was in the crowd, and you sat there, and it was darkness that was so thick, it almost felt like it touched you. I mean, we don't even know what that's like because we have the moon and we have things that are going on. But notice what he says here. He says that it wasn't just darkness. It wasn't just like, ah, the lights were kind of out and they didn't have their candles in. It says that darkness was so thick you could feel it. Verse 22, so Moses lifted his hand to the sky and deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. That sounds like torture, doesn't it? For three days. Days And listen, during all that time, the people could not see each other and no one moved. What happens in deep in darkness? Do you feel free to move around? No, it, it just, no one even moved because it, it, there was something that came over the land. But I want you to notice after that. But there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. Now, the indigenous didn't say there was a little glow where Israel lived. They said light as usual. Just normal, normal, normal light over the Israel. Can I tell you, darkness can cover the earth and deep darkness people, but over you, it's light as usual. Just say it, light as usual. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be over us. So you could say it's going to be a heck of a year in 2021. Yeah, it sure is. It's going to be a great year for me. Come on, somebody say it's going to be a great year for the people of God. Why? Because Jesus said that those who follow him will never walk in darkness. Yeah, darkness will cover the earth. It won't cover us. Why? Because like, like back here in Exodus, there was light as usual. Light as usual. The 10th plague. Uh, in fact, the 10th plague, it goes on and says in Exodus chapter 11, that was Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 11, remember it was the first son that was born uh, that would die. God wants to make a distinction with this. And he says in Exodus chapter 11, verse 6, then a loud wail... This was after the firstborn son of all of this land died. They, they you know, the, the lights came back on. He kind of told God, Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let the people go. And then he said, I, I acquiesce. I'm not going to come back and let the people go. And then he said, okay. So the firstborn of all the land uh, died. They walked in. They found their firstborn dead. And then here's what happened. Then a loud wail will rise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then a loud wail will rise throughout the land of Egypt, a wail like no one has heard before or will ever he hear again. Verse 7, but among the Israelites, it will, not, it will be peaceful. 
that not even a dog will bark. What's he saying? He's saying it's going to be like this with the world. It's going to be like this with people who don't know God. Darkness, crying, screaming, chaos. But you look over at the people of God, there's not even a dog that's barking at night. You're an Israel. You're an Israeli dog. <laughs> be quiet. I'm trying to sleep. God even took, took the barker out of the dogs. Look at this. It says, then you will know, but here's what he said. Why? Then you will know that the Lord will make a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Can I tell you, one of the reasons is not just because he loves us, but God wants to make a distinction. God wants the world to see that his people aren't adversely affected by the darkness that's in the world. So if the people of God don't know this and walk in glory and walk in light, they're going to act like the world and talk like the world and just be the same. Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, I guess it's a... If, if we just keep talking the same talk like everybody else, have you ever just trying to be um, uh, apathetic to somebody and sensitive to their needs? They're going through something and they go, how are you doing? Well, I guess you don't want to make them feel bad because maybe you're doing good. You're doing well. I guess, yeah, things are bad, aren't they? They are. And then you walk away and you think, they're not really bad. I just didn't want to make this guy feel bad. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. No, listen. What he's saying is, don't allow yourself to jump into that. But what, what you can do is, how are things going? Things are going well. Why? Well, because I don't, the, 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 the light of the Lord's on me, right? And what will it be? It'll be a, a testimony. It'll be a testimony that people can see that lights on you. He says, then you will know that the Lord will make a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Can you see that? Can you see that? Yeah. Uh, let me read to you a message, an excerpt of a message uh, out of Charles Spurgeon, who spoke this back in 1860 about this. He says there's two types of people on the earth. I want you to just read, listen to this. Charles Spurgeon uh, 1860 he said the difference between the Egyptians and the in Israel was exceedingly manifest at first sight it seemed to be very greatly to the advantage of Egypt they had the whip in their hand and poor Israel smarted under the lash Egypt possessed the toil of the Israelites and the sons of Jacob made bricks and the subjects of Pharaoh inhabited the houses which the sons of Jacob builted but how soon how 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 soon, however, were the tables turned? God wrought plagues in Egypt, but Goshen was spared. He sent a thick darkness over the land, even darkness that could be felt, but in all of Goshen, there was light. He sent all the manner of flies and lice in all their borders, but throughout the habitations of Israel, there wasn't a fly to be seen. Neither were they harassed by the living things which crept upward through the quickened dust of the earth. The Lord sent hail and a murrain uh, upon all the cattle of the Egyptians, but the cattle of the children of Israel were spared, and on their fields fell no desolating shower from heaven. At last the destroying angel unheathed his glittery sword to smite his last decisive blow in every house throughout the land of Egypt. There was weeping and wailing, and he smote the firstborn of Egypt. The chief of all their strength, but all for his people. He led them forth like sheep. He led them through the wilderness like a flock. By the hand of Moses and Aaron, they came to the Red Sea. He divided a path for them. 
They went through the sea on foot. They did not, uh, there did, did they rejoice in him. The flood stood upright as a heap land and the depths were congealed into the heart of the sea. They passed through the depths as through a wilderness, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. The Lord in all these things, listen, put a glorious difference between Egypt and Israel. The fiery cloud pillar which gave light to Israel was the darkness to the eyes of Egypt. Whenever God blessed Israel, he cursed Egypt. The same moment that he sent the benediction to one, he sent the malediction to the other. He looked on Israel and the tribes rejoiced. But when he looked on the Egyptians, their hosts were troubled. Now in your ears this day, he wraps it up, Egypt and Israel are de declared to be two types of people who dwell upon the face of the earth. The men that fear the Lord and the men that fear him not. The Egyptians that are pictures of those who are dead in their trespasses and sins, enemies to God by wicked works, and aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And the Israelites, God's ancient people, they're set before us as representatives of those who have through grace believed in Christ, who feared God and who seek to keep his commandments. Can I tell you, there is a distinction between the world and between us. There is a distinction between darkness and light. And how many are thankful that we're in the light today? Amen. Psalm 27 says this, the Lord is my light. Come on, say it with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And here's the question, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And what is the question? Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, there's no need to fear in this next season. The world may get darker and darker. So much that people feel isolated and they can't move and they can't get out and they can't make decisions. But can I tell you, for the people of God, it's going to be light as usual. He's going to take care of us. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 60, remember, uh, there's a few verses down in Isaiah 60. It says, the sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor the brightness shall give moon, shall be your, uh, give light to you, nor the brightness shall be the moon, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and, the, and your glory, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down. Can you say that today? My sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Say that over your life. For the Lord will be our everlasting light, and the days of our mourning shall be ended. You know what it means? It means don't depend on the sun or the moon, or the ups, and the downs, and the swings, and how, what you depend upon. Don't even depend upon the source of your income. Don't even depend upon your knowledge. Don't depend upon your contacts. Don't depend upon the, your strengths, because the Lord will be your light. The Lord will be your source. The Lord will be your help. That's what he says. He says it's not going to be ups and downs, depending on things that, that go like this. No, it's going to be the Lord. He's going to be your constant the constant light. And I love that, those words, your God, your glory. Your God, your glory. Come on, say my God, my glory. Yeah, as long as we have our God, we have glow on our lives. 
We have glow on our lives. We have light on our lives. We have glory on our lives. Somebody say amen. Sun shall go up and down, but the Lord will be an everlasting light. Your God, your glory. Not hit and miss, but constant. And then I'm going to read to you two more. Living in the light. Living in the light. How do we walk in the light? Well, Ephesians 5 Verse, uh, at verse 8, it says this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Listen to this. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. You know what it's saying? There's some nastiness that goes on in the world. There's some sin that's so shameful you shouldn't talk about it. You shouldn't even let it escape your lips. Why? Because it doesn't belong through the lips of a person with light. Don't even talk about it. Just say, well, that's darkness. I'm not going to get into that. Because sometimes the more you get into the descriptives of it and find out more about it, that little bit of darkness starts to enter you. Again, I've watched people just trying to, through the means of just research, have got themselves into sin and darkness because they just wanted to discover and know more. Well, remember what discovery did, discovering the tree of the knowledge of good and evil did to Eve, right? Yeah, they sure discovered that they were naked. (laughs) Yeah, they sure discovered they didn't have clothes. Yeah, they sure discovered these things. And God came and said, have you eaten of the tree that I didn't tell you to? The things we need to discover is the things that God has said to us. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah, we need to discover that. And it's shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in the darkness. God says, don't even get into that. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. How do you walk in the light? You see different. You talk different. You think different. Your conversations are different. You keep your mind and your mentality in the light as someone who has the light flooding through their heart. Somebody say amen today and then the last verse i want to read to you listen to this first john 1 5 i know you know this it says this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that god is light what is god and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but listen but if we read it with me but if we walk in the light As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. You want to have fellowship with God? You want to have fellowship and be in the middle of all the things that he has for you? Make sure to keep your mind, your conversations in the middle of. When you have darkness in your life, run to the light. You know, um, being from, (laughs) being from, uh, Southern California and LA area uh, at times there would be these helicopters I don't think I've seen them out here but there'll be helicopters that would very often uh, fly over and they would have spotlights and they're looking for people and they you know they're looking for people and the bad guy you, you see him on the news we'd see him in person okay but the the bad guys are running to get out of the spotlight right they didn't want to be in the light because they didn't want fellowship with the officers right right they wanted to stay in the darkness 
And so what happens? They, this spotlight's flying over, flying over. I remember many times coming through our yard, flying over, right? And they're trying to find, and then the, the bad guy fly, jumps into a bush or something, and they're just shining that light. And all of a sudden, 27 cop cars fly up around there, and they're trying to get the guy, but they keep him in the light. Don't be that way with God. When you have sin, when you have something that's outside of light, run to the light. Run to the spotlight of God. Why? Because you want fellowship, and he's not here to put you in prison. What does he say? If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship, and his blood cleanses you from what? All darkness, all sin, all stuff. Come on, bow your heads right now with me. And just turn your hearts over to the Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender. In fact, take your hands, take your heart, and say, Lord, what are you saying to me this morning? In what areas, what ways? What conversations, things I've looked at, things I've said, maybe, maybe just getting down into the mud of talking like everybody else as if I'm just where they are. But Lord, I come and I surrender my lips to you. Would you say that with me? I surrender my lips to you. You put your hands on your head. Say, I surrender my thoughts to you. Help me to walk in the light as you are in the light. Help me to see things and hear things. Help me to let the love of Jesus shine through me. The light of the word of God flow through me, I pray. I thank you for it today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, whether it be online, whether it be live here today, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you died today and you're not positively sure that you're going to heaven, I want you to pray with me right now and believe it in your heart. And I promise you, Jesus will come into your heart and save you. Let's pray this. In fact, let's all pray it together. Jesus, light of the world, I open up my heart to you today. Come into my darkness and shine bright. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sins. And we're raised again for my eternal life. And I thank you for saving me today. Bringing me close to you today. Shining through me today. In the name of Jesus. Just keep your heads bowed for one moment. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed. Ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.